0: Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. gears a little bit here, uh, and I want to talk about uh, another key to the miraculous here that we find in the Word of God, because uh, uh, we need the supernatural power of God. And God is a supernatural God. And I've taken some time to show you a little bit of that in the scriptures. We're in a generation right now that has a form of godliness, but no power. And what that means in everyday terms is we look like Christians, but we don't have the power that Christians are supposed to have. And we want to change that in this church. Can I get an amen on that? If you're going to do something, do it. Amen. Why just look the part, be the part. Amen. How, How many know what I'm talking about? no fakery. Amen. Come on. We want to get all that fakery out the door. If we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, then we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ. And if we're truly followers of Jesus Christ, then we have to have expectation that God is a supernatural God and he's going to move on our behalf when we need him to. Can I get an amen? So let's look at 2 Kings chapter 5, 1 through 17. It's a story. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to go back and and, and look at some elements here that I want you to catch today. Uh, uh, Let's let's read uh, chapter 5. Number 1. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram, and he was a great man in the sight of his master, and he was highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier... But he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders, Oakland raiders, by the way, from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria. And he would cure him of his leprosy. Now Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter... He tore his robes and he said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? And when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the, have the man come to see me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him to say, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and he said I thought that he would surely come out to meet me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy are not Abana and Fafar the rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Israel couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed so he turned and went off in a rage Now Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored. And it became clean like that of a young boy. And then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know that there is a God in all the world, that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept the gift from your servant. Verse 16, the prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. And we ask, Lord, that every heart would be open. Let the anointing to teach and preach, to be in the house, to pull down strongholds, so that we might be able to see the supernatural works of God in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Today I want to give you a key to the supernatural called obedience 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 is a foundational word when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ yet we live in a time where people let's just let's just keep it 100 let's keep it a buck come on people don't want to obey god people want to do their own thing yet accept Jesus' sacrifice for themselves i put it to you like this people want heaven but they don't want relationship with jesus people want streets of gold people don't want to go to hell but we want to live our own lives we say yeah god i'll take your sacrifice but don't try to tell me how to live and it's heartbreaking folks it's heartbreaking because we sung about it today. God is not a mean God. God is not a God that is trying to take from you. He's a loving father, as we sung. He's a good, good father. And as a good, good father, He wants good things for His children, which is us. He wants good things. So when he writes things in this this book, this this Bible that we read, it's not from a sense of, I'm going to jack all y'all's fun up. I'm going to show you who's in charge. These are the rules, and if you don't do them, get out. That's not his heart. His heart, when you see and you understand the heart of the Father, when he gives instruction, it's to give us the keys of life. It's to give us a better life. John chapter 10, 10. Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life and that life more abundantly. The message translation, I have come so that you can have a better life than you've ever dreamed. But the problem is we begin to listen to everybody else about what a good life is. And we don't listen to our heavenly father. If you're young, you're probably listening to your favorite rapper and listening to what he thinks a good life is. And he'll tell you, get the bag. Come on, somebody. Get the bag. Get the money. He'll tell you, get the finest woman you can. Get the richest man that you can. But you've got to understand that's not a good life. That's not the essence of what a good life is. But if that's what you listen to, if you listen to the culture, you're gonna think, well, that's what a good life is and that's what I want. And you're gonna do whatever you can to get that life. And at the end of the day, what you will find is those things can never bring you happiness. They can never bring you the good life that you're so desiring. Come on, even Diddy said it, more money, more problems. Oh, some of y'all know, you, got the, you played it on the way in today. You know, uh, I mean, all these things come with stuff. But see, we tend to listen to those things. Some of us tend to listen to maybe our family about what a good life is. I Me, mean, go to school, get a good career, settle down, buy a house. That's a good life, is it? Now, those are all good things. But I'm going to tell you something. There's more to life than you just having a good little family. There's people that have that and aren't happy, aren't fulfilled. There's people that went to college, got the degree, bought the house, got married, and can't stand their wife. Oh, come on, somebody. Had the babies, and now they want to kill those babies, amen? And those babies are the source of their heartache now. Can't sleep at night have to take medication to rest because of all the turmoil in their family. My point is this, guys. Let's be careful what we're listening to, to what a good life is. The only person that I trust to tell me what a good life is, is my good, good father. Now, my good, good father wants us to have good things. He wants you to have a house. He wants you to have a business. He wants you to go to college if that's what you're called to do. He wants you to do those things. He wants because he loves you. But one thing that he requires from all of us, y'all ready for this? He requires obedience. It's a requirement. Jesus said it like this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't obey me? He put it flat out. Why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? He took it a step further. He said, if you love me, obey me, keep my commandments. Yet we got a nation of people that claim to love Jesus, yet you don't do anything he said to do. Come on, you know him too. I know it's not you because you're in the early service. Y'all are the (laughs) hardcore people. I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all got it. But they're out there. There are people out there. Oh, I love God. I love God. And don't do any of the word. Don't go to church. Don't serve your brother, man. Hold grudges like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I don't like that person because they did this to me back in 82. 82? Really? And they're mad at folks, bitter, angry. Somebody hurts you. You don't forgive them. That ain't ain't Jesus followers. That That ain't our people. But see, all the while we deceive ourselves because we leave out this key, the key of obedience. It applies to every area of your life. It is so important as we're talking about unlocking the supernatural because there are people praying for things, yet their lives don't reflect the God they say they follow. So we'll we'll pray, God, do this thing for me, but yet won't follow his word. Now, let's get to the text here. 2 Kings 5, 25 is a scripture that I believe is very prophetic in in, in what we're talking about today. Naaman in this scripture, verse 1, it says, Now Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master not in the sight of God. He was a great man in the sight of everybody else. He's a commander in the army of of Aram there. He was valiant. He was highly regarded. I believe Naaman speaks of a generation in America today. We're like this. Some of us in here, we've made a good life for ourselves. And compared to people in the world, we got it going on. That's how it looked like for Naaman. But Naaman had a problem. Even though he was valiant, even though he was highly regarded, he had a problem called leprosy. Now, what is leprosy? In the Old Testament, leprosy was a disease that literally would cause body parts to fall off of your, off of your body and, and big scabs and they wouldn't, they wouldn't heal and open sores and all these things. But it was representative of sin. Whenever you see leprosy in the Bible, it's a representative of sin in people's lives. So you could say Naaman was a commander in the army of the king, regarded as a great man, was valiant, but he had sin in his life. That's what it's speaking about right there. He had all the stuff, but he had sin. He represents a generation today that is sick with sin. Listen, even though they got all the earthly blessings, maybe like some of us in here today. We got all the stuff, but you got something that you can't get rid of. Only God can get rid of the sin, the stain of sin. Can I get an amen on that? Something happens to in here, right? The Bible talks about a servant girl who was serving in his household. See, folks, you got to be understanding. you got to be conscious of where you're at in life. Because you could be God's agent to getting somebody free in their life. And this young servant girl is serving Naaman's wife. She's washing dishes. She's cleaning up. She notices her master has leprosy. It's killing him. And she decides at that moment, I'm going to witness. And she tells Naaman's wife, hey, listen, you need to get your husband to the man of God. Oh, she witnesses, say hey, she says, you need to get your husband to Elevate Life Church. Oh, come on, somebody. Because if you could just get your husband there, God could heal your husband. Now, who was she? Was she a Bible scholar? No. Was she in the ministry? No. She was literally a slave. A slave with an assignment. What was her assignment? The same assignment you have. Declare the works of God. Can I get an amen today? I'm so glad that Robbie was declaring the works of Jesus Christ so we could have Silas in our family here today. I'm so glad that Eddie Cardenas was on assignment so that we can have Ray and Martin in our family today. Now it's y'all's turn. I'm so blessed when I see people on their assignment. Every week I get with Jim and he's bringing somebody to the house of God. Every week there's somebody coming in because people are doing their job. And here's what I'm trying to get you to catch. What was it that caused a slave girl to give testimony of her God was that she believed in God's supernatural power? My question is this, do you? Do you? Because I tell you right now in America today, there's a lot of Christians that have lost faith in the supernatural power of God. And so we don't invite people to church. Because we don't see a change in our life, and we probably ain't going to see a change in their life. It's why I'm taking this, these weeks to just come and just let's look at what the Bible says. And first thing I want to do is I want to stir up an expectation in you that God can supernaturally break addictions in your life. That God can supernaturally fix and change your life. And then when he does that, you're going to go out and you're going to find some Naaman's. Naaman's that have a sin or a sickness of sin or leprosy and you're going to say you need to bring yourself to my church because god did this in me and he could do it in you can i get an amen on that so a servant girl changes everything and she witnesses and through that witness Naaman finds out that there's a supernatural god in israel Guys, your job is so important in the kingdom of God. And you better believe the right things about God. Don't let culture, don't let society tell you anything different. The God you serve, Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I keep saying it and I'll keep saying it. If he healed then, in Bible times, he'll heal today. If he casts out devils then, he'll cast out devils today. If he baptized in the Holy Spirit then with evidence of praying in other tongues, he will do the same today. And it's important that you know that because God is going to send you to some people that no amount of money is going to break their addiction. No amount of money is going to set them free. What's going to set them free is when they come in contact with people that actually believe that God is supernatural. Yeah, give God a good praise on that. And I may never meet the people on your job. Pastor Tina may never meet the people in your neighborhood, but you're there. Oh, well, Pastor, I, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't know enough yet. Guys, this was a slave girl. She was a servant. She took a risk. She stepped out. And she just had compassion. She simply understood and believed with all her heart. This man needs to meet the God that I know. I wish I could get a church full of folks to do that. If we would only believe the things we read in the Bible. Amen? Look what she says here in verse 3. If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would be cured of his leprosy. So now... Here's the contrast to that. So Naaman goes to his king. We read that in verse four. He goes to the king. King says, cool, if that's if that's going to get the job done, you go. I love that the king didn't go, oh, no, no, no. That's not our religion. Oh, no, 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 no. We were raised Presbyterian. Don't go there. I love that the king didn't do that. You know what the king said? Hey, man, if it works, do it. Don't you wish you had some family members like that? they mad at you because you don't go to the church that, they were, that you were raised in. And they're mad about it. It's interesting, though, because they're mad at you for not going to the church that they don't go to. They don't even go there. And they're mad because you don't go there. Don't make no sense. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Naaman goes to his king. He goes, hey, man, if that's what it's going to do, go. And when he goes, he's, the king sends a letter. And this is what I need you to catch today. The king sends a letter to the king of Israel, a believer, a follower of the, of the God of Israel. And when the king of Israel gets the letter, he begins to cry. He has no hope. That his God could be the answer to Naaman's problem. He cries. I meet Christians all the time, worried, anxious, crying about a situation like they don't know God, just like the king. Just like the king. Guys, this is the king of God's people. The pastor of the flock. And he gets a letter saying, hey, I'm sending so-and-so to you. God needs to heal him. And he gets the letter, and he's like, oh, what are we going to do? Now they're going to be mad because this guy ain't going to get healed here. And it's going to be a war, and it's going to be all this. You know what the problem was? We had somebody in the kingdom that didn't believe. And guess what? You got a decision to make you're going to be like the slave girl or you going to be like the unbelieving king my prayer is this that we all get up under that humility of that slave girl that all she had was a belief in a supernatural god if it was up to this king naaman would have never got healed if it was up to this king he would have said Oh, hey save your money save your time you know what, I don't think our God can do that because our God doesn't really do that anymore. He only did that in the book of Acts. I'm a cessationist. And the God that we serve all the miracles and all the signs and wonders, we believe those things passed away with the with the original disciples. That's the denomination that King was in. Tell your neighbor I ain't in that denomination. I believe in a God that healed back then can heal today amen Amen. so thankfully the prophet Elisha Elisha was a bad dude study the life of Elisha man he was a bad dude but you know what before he became a bad dude he was a servant a servant to his spiritual father Elijah and for years and years, and years, and years. You know what he was known for? The Bible says Elisha was simply known for washing the man of God's hands. That's it. That was his job. What do you do? Oh, I wash the prophet's hands. Oh, for real? Okay. How long you been doing that? 30 years. I don't know. The Bible didn't say how long, but it was a long time. But then one day, His his spiritual father says, man, you've been good to me. What could I do for you? He had his moment. Thank God he believed in a supernatural God. Thank God he had enough sense to go, you know what I really need? I need what's on you to come on my life in a greater way. And he asked for the double portion. And his spiritual father said, hey, you can have it because you've been faithful. You can have it, catch this now, because you've been faithful. Obedient. I will give you access to the supernatural because you've been obedient. See, obedience is the key. And so, what does he do? He takes that supernatural anointing, and we find him in verse 8 here. Now, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel was crying, tore his robes, he sends him a message. Why are you crying? Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. The Bible says in verse nine, so Naaman went with his horses, his chariots, and he stopped at the door of Elijah's house. And this part here just makes me laugh because the man of God doesn't even get up, doesn't answer the door. He stays in his room. There's a knock on the door. They open it up, Naaman's there with all his chariots. Chariots, guys, would be the equivalent of a fleet of Bentleys. All these blacked-out Bentleys sitting on the driveway there. You know, all these cars here, and all his horsemen standing, all his servants, chauff- uh, chauffeurs standing there at this prophet's place. Now you would think, oh, Elisha would have jumped up, like, oh my gosh, what's this? What's going on here? He doesn't even trip. He doesn't even get up. His servant answers the door. Servant comes back to Elijah's room and he says, Hey, Naaman's here and you know, you know the story. You, you sent him the letter. He simply tells him, Hey, tell Naaman to go dip in the Jordan seven times. He doesn't even leave his bed. I don't know if he's watching a good game or something or if he's eating dinner. His Doritos are, are just, he's all into it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's on PlayStation. I don't know what he's doing but he don't even get up. He simply gives a word of instruction. The response to this, guys, is what you got to catch today. Cuz as a pastor for over 30 years, I see this response every Sunday. The response that Naaman had was Naaman was angry. He went away angry at the prophet's response and i see this all the time in church i get up here i'll preach the word the leaders of the church will will will, will convene we have our staff meeting say hey we're going to do this we need to disciple people so we're going to have first steps we 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 need to we need to you know pour into women so we're going to have propel we're going to Build up men so that they could be take their place in their families, in the communities. So we're gonna have kingsmen. And we get up and we say, God's gonna change your life through these vehicles. And people are like, Oh, that's on Tuesday night. Ah. Oh, I'm tired on Tuesdays. Why it gotta be on Tuesday night? Oh, oh, propel? Ah, oh, man, I, I really don't like gathering with women. And you a woman? <laughs> How you not like gathering when you a woman. That's a that's a real problem. You see what I'm saying? We we begin to nitpick the opportunities that God gives us. The same way Naaman looked at this word to get healing, and it made him angry. Look at some of the things he says here in verse eight or I'm um, verse eleven. Now Naaman went away angry, and he said. Man, I thought that he would come out and see me at least. You know how many times I've heard somebody talk about me or my wife and go, they don't even even talk to me. Getting real quiet in this Baptist church today. Come on, I ain't even mad at you. I'm just telling you. We do this. Man, I've been going to that church for three months and nobody even says hi to me. Who have you said hi to? Well, well, you know, nobody's friendly there. The Bible says he who has friends must first be friendly. But we do this. We do it. We're just like Naaman. He didn't even come out and see me. and Then he says this. And then, and then he didn't even lay his hands. I thought at least he would wave his hand over my leprosy. In other words, he didn't like how God was administering healing he didn't like it he wanted to be done his way he wanted it to be done in a comfortable way oh come on somebody i want change but i don't want that tongues uh-uh that's weird you ain't gonna get me talking all da 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 scooby-doo you ain't gonna do that to me no 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 i want god to change my life but no 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 no. You stay away from me with all that tell your neighbor don't be a naming. Tell your other neighbor, the one you just uh, ignored right now. Tell the other one, too. <laughs> don't be a Naaman. we got churches full of Naamans. We don't ever agree with the vehicle, the system that God is saying, hey, do this and you'll be healed. What's my point? The missing ingredient is obedience. And to obey you got to get over yo-self. Not yourself, yo-self. It's a difference. That's that hood thing, amen? Ain't nobody going to tell me what I'm going to do. No, you got to get rid of that. You ain't going to make it in life like that. You'll never have a good job like that. Only person that tells me anything is my dad, and you ain't my dad. Well, somebody needs to start telling you stuff besides your dad. I'm a grown man. Don't nobody tell me that, Nazi. You're a boy. Because grown men can take orders. It's good stuff. Tell your neighbor, it's good stuff. And if you're mad, you and a Naaman right now, okay? So you're telling on yourself. So we do this. Naaman walks away angry. He's criticizing I didn't like this about the church. I didn't like this about Elijah. He didn't even come and see me. You know, and, not, and then he, started, and he pulls this card out. Y'all ready for this one? Shoot, that Jordan River, that's all dirty. He starts naming. I should go. Well, we got our own rivers where I come from. The Abana, the Fafar. Come on. The Cinch. The Swiss Buddha. Uh-oh. Coming to your neighborhood next touch a class oh I see you I see you you know what he was doing right here he was saying these are the ways that I we can cope from where I come from and he began to say why I got to do with that why I got to go to that river he began to compare and criticize and be angry and question all because of one thing he didn't want to obey Sometimes our criticisms, and our anger, and our disappointment, that's just a mask. It's a front for the fact that you just don't want to obey. You don't want to do what God tells you to do. Oh yeah, you want the blessing, but you don't want to do the part of obedience. And that's a problem. Because if you're going to unlock supernatural things in your life, There's one key that'll do it, and it's simply obey. Now, I love what I love about Elisha in that scripture there. He wasn't afraid to tell the truth. He wasn't afraid to tell the truth. He didn't jump up. Oh, my gosh, this is the great Naaman. Oh, Naaman, you're here. I bow in your presence, your eminence. He didn't do none of that because Elijah knew who he was and who he was with. Sometimes I think we're too careful Well, I don't want to make anybody mad by telling them about Jesus Can I just tell you something Sometimes most of the time the first time you hear truth. It's offensive It's offensive First time you hear something that's true. It'll offend you. I made some folks mad when I was talking about tongues for three weeks some of y'all came in today like, oh, thank God, he's changing it up because I can't take another message on Shondo, Kondo, Londo. My gosh, I was wondering when he was going to get up off of that. You see, it, makes, it offends people sometimes, truth. We've got to learn to be mature enough to do what Jack Nicholson said. Remember Jack Nicholson? few good men. You can't handle the truth. We need to be mature enough to handle the truth and take the truth and apply the truth. Can I get an amen on that? So Naaman was angry. He was felt insulted. He didn't like how God was moving. So he began to criticize. He wanted God to move the way that he wanted. And it was all a mask for one thing. He didn't want to obey. Because you want to know why? Because many times obedience, the first thing that's going to be attacked in obedience is your comfort your comfort. We like to be in control. We like to be in control. And in order to be obedient to God, the first thing that's got to die on the altar is your comfort. Amen? Now, I'm talking to the right folks because today there was a sleep spirit trying to get you to stay in that bed. Amen? (laughs) Oh, you go later. Go to, go to church, Leo. Maybe we just missed this time. It's Memorial Day weekend. Pastor, he ain't going to mind, you know, and all this. And, 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 but you came. Because what did you have to sacrifice? Comfort. And get used to that. Every step of obedience is going to cost you a little bit of comfort. Amen? It's going to cost comfort. So Naaman's angry. He's insulted. And he looks at this thing. And, and, and he's like, I ain't doing it. And like I told you, I see it all the time. Oh, you want to grow in God? Come to First Steps. Oh, well, I want to grow in God. I just don't want to go there and do it. Because I don't know about this Jesse Delgado character. His wife and them two kids. Hey, 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 if pastor was doing it, if pastor was doing it, oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. But I don't like them doing it. I don't even really know him. And so we begin to pick apart things that we don't like, but it's all a front. Just obey. Yeah, I want to grow as a woman, but man, you know, propel. When I go there, you know, people are all smiling and being nice to me, and I'm not used to that. And then they get up there and they talk, and you criticize and criticize. Just dip yourself. Well, you know, Kingsman's cool, but, you know, it's on Friday nights. And are you, guys, are you guys catching this spirit? It's the same thing that we deal with today. Naaman had this thing. We look at what God offers, but we want him to do it a different way. We got to change that. Because you ain't never going to get what you need without obedience. So verse 13 Somebody speaks some sense into Naaman. And they say, oh, all great and powerful Naaman, with all your wisdom, wouldn't you have at least done what the prophet said if he told you to do something great? Translation, man, just go do what he said to do. What have you got to lose? Thank God for people that speak sense into us. Thank God it wasn't a a guy that would just go, yeah, that that church is stupid. Yeah. That's why we always tell people, carry water, not gasoline. Carry water, not gasoline. I'm I'm so glad he wasn't somebody just like, yeah, you know, I went there too, and they were mean like that. Yeah, that's somebody just going to keep you dumb. But there was somebody who truly cared to him and say, man, you need to get over all that. Just do what the guy said, just go to the class. Just come to the meeting. Come on, amen? Amen. So what does he do? He goes, okay, look at verse 14. So he went down and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy. Obedience. Obedience fixed the problem. Cause them to encounter a supernatural God. And I'm sharing this to you today because that is the key that's going to get you to where you want to be. You want to have a better marriage? It's going to take obedience. You want to raise good kids? It's going to take obedience. You want to get yourself a man? What is it? It's going to take obedience. You want a woman? Good woman? Godly woman? It's going to take obedience. Put whatever you have in that category that you're needing God to do for you. It's going to take obedience. And obedience is going to have to cause you to do what Naaman did. Get rid of all my preferences. Because we want want a man, but we want to find him in the club. We want good kids, but we want somebody else to raise them. We want a good marriage, but we want our marriage to get fixed while we sit on the couch and watch Netflix. See what I'm saying? On the other side of what you want is simply a step of obedience. And what does obedience have to do with? You ready for this? Obedience has to do with humility. That's it. That's it. That is why this. You cannot be obedient till you deal with that pride pride won't let you follow god you want to know why because pride says i'm king this is my life and god comes along and god will have you do some things that don't make no kind of sense just so you could see who's in charge that's why your friends are like going why are you going to church they can't see that something so basic like church can transform everything what do you do there while we go hear the word that's it they can't see it and they won't see it you want to know why because pride blinds come on john cena it it blinds you can't see and so what is the thing that jesus tells us to be says hey be like little children and follow me be humble that's why this instruction here is, is deep, what he tells this guy to do. He doesn't run from his pride. You know what he does? He confronts it. And he says this, oh, you want to get healed? Then here's what I want you to do. The most humbling act I'm going to have you do to get your healing. I'm going to have you go down to this river. I know you got cleaner rivers where you come from, but this river right over here in our hood Florin Creek oh come on somebody (laughs) go down to Florin Creek and dip yourself not one time not two times not three times four times five times six times seven times could you imagine what he's thinking as tissue is going by him he's dumping he's he's dipping not dumping the dump was on the other side and he's dipping and a diaper floats by right there not one time not two times seven times Diego if you come and help me I want to leave you with this seven times he dipped what does that have to do with I believe it has to do with this, seven times represents the process of obedience. It's never one act of obedience, it's always several. You mean if I just go to church one time, I'm going to get delivered? No, it's a process. Can I just go to first steps one time and grow? No, it's a process of obedience. Can I just serve as an usher one time? No, it's a process of obedience. So when he tells Naaman to go and dip seven times, what he's telling him is this, you got to keep being obedient, keep staying humble. It is a process. You know, your walk with God is a process, right? It's It's a process. The first dip may be getting saved coming to an altar, saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm gonna follow you. But we all know this, that's not the end. That's the first dip. Now I know there's some people that think, oh, I'm in, I did it, yes, ha ha, I'm in. I dipped one time. And we look at our leprosy, our sin problem, and we're still struggling. Huh, I'm still addicted. I thought I had to go up to that altar and give my life to Jesus. How come I still got this addiction? Because you need to dip again. It's not one dip, seven dips. Okay, okay, what else I got to do? Get baptized. It's coming up in three weeks. Why I got to do that? Because Jesus asked us to. Jesus said, repent and be baptized as a public declaration of your salvation man, I ain't trying to get my hair wet. Why nobody see me in that water like that? What are my friends going to say? What if the church posts my pic on their Facebook? It's another dip. It's another dip. Okay, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You get baptized, dang, I still, mm, this weed be calling me. Pastor, this weed be calling me. I thought if I gave my life, if I got baptized, this weed, you know, it's it's from the earth, right? And then we start going down that path. God made the herb, right? So we start just kind of accepting. Maybe even take another dip. The third dip might be getting spirit filled, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, getting your prayer language. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're going too far. You want this healing or not? It's gonna take obedience. Or you're gonna stop right there being a church goer yet still having an addiction. Being a church goer yet still being a horrible person. Being a church goer yet still having wandering eyes and you marry. Take another dip. So we take another dip. We get spirit filled. We're like, yeah, but that maybe is only three dips. Now God tells you, man, join that church and serve in an area, work security, do ushering, get in the children's ministry, do youth, and you're like, man, another thing? I gotta do. I gotta do that now. And people stop right there. They won't do anymore. And you know what happens? They keep their leprosy. They keep it. Can you imagine Naaman dipping? One, looking at his leprosy, still there. Two, still there. Three, still there. He could have stopped. I'm sure the smell might have been so bad. So, joining a church could be the fourth dip. Then you join the church and you come to First Steps and Jesse starts teaching you about tithing. I got a tithe? You know, they want 10% of my income into the community. What? another debt, another obedience. I know a lot of people that don't get past that debt. They say, all right, all right, I'm gonna do it. You do it, what's the next thing? Maybe going on a mission trip, serving at the outreach. My point is this, guys, step by step, little by little, that life transformation The key is obedience. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the app store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.